want the spear or in your hand? Uh, in my hand. I still got some. Greetings and salutations, everybody. <laughs> I love you too. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us, for adopting us, for empowering us, for fellowshipping with us, for uniting us in love by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give our hearts over to you this morning. We ask that you would strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit in our inner beings. Pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who you are. We yield to you, knowing that you're going to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the name of this message is, Why Do We Need the Holy Spirit? When I got saved, I knew about Jesus, I knew about the Father, but I got saved in an evangelical environment, and they're good environments, but when it came to the Holy Spirit, I was like, who is that? What is that? That's, uh, that's a mystery to me. And over the years, I've gotten quite acquainted with the Holy Spirit and have come to a place where I can't really live without him. A few weeks ago, I was at a prayer group and a girl shared with the group that she had this experience when she was sleeping and she saw this dark figure right beside her bed and it scared her, which is understandable. And I asked God, Lord, what is going on here? And I felt like God said to me, she's seeking me more deeply than she ever has before. And the enemy is trying to stop her and intimidate her. And so I asked her, are you seeking God right now really deeply? And she said, yes, I am. And I said, here's what I believe is going on. And we prayed for her, for that thing, that demonic thing, to go. Because we as Christians have authority by the empowering of the Holy Spirit, by our, our legal right as sons of God. Jesus has authority over all of creation to make those things go. So we prayed that. The next week when she came, I asked to see how things were. Fine. That didn't happen. Okay, so you can see multiple instances in that one story of how necessary it is for us to operate in the Holy Spirit and understand how he works with us and works through us in order to see victory in the life of Christians. In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit in operation. He's mainly coming upon kings and prophets, Right? The, um, um, Saul in the Old Testament, King Saul gets called out and the Spirit of God comes on him and, and he is inspired by the Lord and he sees great victories happen before things go awry. Or you can see the mighty things done by Elijah, Samuel, uh, the writings, all the writings of the prophets, all the declarations of Old Testament prophets were inspired by the Holy Spirit. They didn't do it on their own. And in fact, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says the whole Bible itself is inspired by God. So the Holy Spirit inspired all of the authors what to write, right? It's God breathed. That was the role of the Holy Spirit in establishing the Bible. Who is the Holy Spirit? Anybody want to answer that? 
Who is he? He's God. What's that? He is the counselor. He's a comforter. Is he Jesus? No. No. Is he the Father? No. No. He's a, he's a distinct personality from the Father and from Jesus, right? That's the mystery of the Christian faith. We have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who are all equally God, right? But they each have their own unique personality, and they each have their own unique role in relating in the Godhead and how they relate to humanity. Does the Holy Spirit have emotions? Yes. He can be grieved. That's right. That's Ephesians 4.30, what you just mentioned. We're encouraged not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So when we sin, we do things, the emotional Holy Spirit does get grieved by that, right? That pains the Holy Spirit of God. He only speaks truth. Before Jesus leaves the world, he leaves his disciples, he talks about the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. He says that he's a spirit of truth and he only speaks truth. So if you're hearing a supernatural voice and only truth comes and it's done in love, it's probably the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you. Anything else that doesn't speak truth is not the Spirit of God. It says in John 16, 13, he reveals future events. He will tell you of things that are to come, and we see that in the book of Acts where there are prophetic declarations made. We see it in the church today where people get prophetic words of the future. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. With the Old and New Covenant, there's a transition that happens. And the role of the Holy Spirit in operating in this world changes. His role increases. And it was prophesied, actually, that this is going to happen. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, and if you have your Bibles, please go to Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. And if somebody wants to read that out loud, whoever gets to it first, verses 28 to 32, just read it out loud for us. Whoa, okay, that's, that's something that did not happen in the Old Testament. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Who, who is that all flesh referring to? Yeah, not just kings and prophets, but little boys, little girls, uh, men and women who are in Christ, who are saved, right? That's the qualifier, right? This is for people who say yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. People who don't say yes to Jesus don't get this. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, visions. It looks like there's supernatural stuff that accompanies this outpouring, doesn't it? Okay, the Holy Spirit is supernatural. When he comes upon us, he likes to do supernatural things. When Jesus 
started his ministry. You know what happened before he started his ministry? He, he went into the wilderness for 40 days, but before that, what happened to him? Anybody can tell me? What's that? You got it. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove and rested, and that was a sign to John the Baptist that this is Messiah. Right? So the third person of the Trinity, that's, that's how we use it in Orthodox language, came upon Jesus and actually led him into the desert to be tested, and he comes out around 30 years old, and he's doing signs and wonders. He did not, as far as we know, he did not do this stuff until the Holy Spirit came upon him. And I see a correlation there with the Holy Spirit coming upon Christ. He is operating in power. He himself is God, right? Um, he could have done that stuff without the Holy Spirit. But we see, and he probably did do some of that stuff without the Holy Spirit in the future. I'm not saying that, uh, that uh, it was all dependent on the Holy Spirit, but it certainly seems that the Holy Spirit was involved in the, the miracles that Jesus did. And we see that same pattern happening when Jesus ascends into heaven and he says in Acts 1.8, wait in Jerusalem until you're a dude with power, that the apostles receive the filling of the Holy Spirit and they do the same stuff that Jesus did. So you see a pattern being established here. When the Holy Spirit comes on people, there is an empowering that's supernatural and the kingdom of darkness gets displaced and signs and wonders follow the preaching of the kingdom of God. Do you guys feel empowered by the Holy Spirit? I mean, just raise your hand. Do you, do you feel the Holy Spirit's empowering? You walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Going back to Acts 1.8, Jesus wanted his people to be empowered. They were closed up, right? Jesus had, had risen. He died. He rose from the grave. He was with them, teaching them before he left. They were, it seemed like they were afraid, actually, to go out and witness. They were, they were together, and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Tongues of fire are released upon them, right? And there's a boldness. There's a boldness. And they're not afraid of the Pharisees. They're not afraid of the Sadducees. They go out there, and they get opposition from the authorities of their nation, Right? And they don't stop preaching the gospel. There is a boldness that happens that is released upon people when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. The Bible says that he has not given you a spirit of, of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Right? That is the Holy Spirit moving through the believers. I want to go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, that's interesting. That's a new thing. They're speaking in tongues. They've never done this before. It's a supernatural thing, and uh, they're just doing it for the first time. Okay? People are seeing this happen. Peter explains what is happening. This is a fulfillment of Joel, as we had said before. And many people 
come to Christ. While 3,000 that day, he preaches a sermon. This testifies to the reality of who Jesus is, what he did on the cross. 3,000 souls are saved in one day. That's a big deal. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon people. Things change. It testifies to who Jesus is, as supernatural Lord and Savior. Does the Holy Spirit convict the world of sin? Okay. Can anybody get saved apart from the Holy Spirit's moving on their hearts and their lives? I don't think so. That's another role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Right? The Holy Spirit brings witness as to who Jesus Christ is. You can't know who Christ is truly apart from the Holy Spirit moving on your mind, your heart, and bringing revelation truth. So it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And for evangelists, you know, we're all called to share the gospel. I believe it's biblical and good to ask for the Holy Spirit to move on the hearts of people that we're going to share the gospel with. Or maybe there's a family member who, who doesn't see the light, but we're praying for them. You know, to have prayers that are penetrating and biblical, that are praying according to the truth and the will of God, that's where you see effect. So we need to pray, Lord, may your spirit, may the grace of your Holy Spirit move upon their hearts, the soil of their hearts. May it not be hardened. May your Holy Spirit open their eyes and rip off that veil of darkness Right? Satan deceives unbelievers. It's the Holy Spirit's job to open people's eyes and to do that work in people's lives. When the Holy Spirit came the first time at Pentecost, we do see some supernatural things, right? I mean, there's a manifestation of some sort of wind. It looks like there's some sort of supernatural flames happening and there's speaking in tongues. There's an empowering that accompanies that. And I imagine there are probably some people here who have been filled with the Holy Spirit in maybe a semi-dramatic way. And I'm not going to ask you to share that, but uh, when, when I really felt the Holy Spirit come on me in a powerful way, it was dramatic. Mm. You know, it was, it was uh, evidence. There was an initial change, a transformation in my mind, my spirit, my perspective. Uh, there was a cleansing that took place, and there are a lot of people that testify to that. Acts 2, 4 says they are filled with the Holy Spirit, right? The, the Bible says that our bodies are temples of God, that the, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, actually lives within us. He dwells within us. And you think about this, God is in you, God the Holy Spirit. He is eternal. He has limitless power. He is perfect love. He wants to comfort you and, and counsel you, and he's always available for you. When you really think about that, that changes things. I got a helper. I got a comforter. I got somebody who's always there for me, who's going to help me. 1 Corinthians 6.19 is the verse that says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. There are some different perspectives on the Holy Spirit coming into a believer's life. Okay, Evangelicals hold more to the perspective that when you are saved, you immediately receive the Holy Spirit. And some, some Pentecostals and some Charismatics tend to believe in something we call the second blessing, the idea that the Holy Spirit comes on you after you're saved, okay? And we all have liberty in Christ to look at the Bible and make an educated decision based on what the Bible says. I've come to the conclusion that I believe they're both right, and I'll tell you why. 
Okay? But before I say that, I will say this. Ephesians 1.13 says that if you believe in Christ, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So I believe there is a sealing that happens, that you are placed in Christ, and the Holy Spirit's work in you seals you into that new covenant standing as a son of God or daughter of God. We do see instances of new believers getting filled with the Holy Spirit after they are saved. The Apostle Paul is one of those. He sees Jesus on the road to Damascus. He believes that Jesus is who he says he is. But it's not until a brother in the Lord lays hands on him does he actually receive the Holy Spirit. And that is in Acts chapter 9, verse 17. The Samaritans receive the gospel with joy, and they are baptized in Jesus' name. But it's not until the apostles come down from Jerusalem that they are actually filled with the Holy Spirit. That is Acts chapter 8, verses 15 through 16. But we also see in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46, when the gospel is being preached, immediately they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're speaking in tongues and they're prophesying. So I see it happening both ways, and I, I hope that both perspectives can, can agree that, that it happens both ways and that we, we can be at peace and not divisive on this issue because it does happen both ways in the Bible. Has anybody here ever laid your hand on somebody else and see them get filled with the Holy Spirit? I see some people raising their hands. Okay. Just some, somebody say, did it, what happened when they saw that person get filled with the Holy Spirit? What was the testimony of that? Okay, they spoke in tongues. Anybody else? There was a release. Fell over? Okay. They're smiling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So there's some really neat things that we're seeing happening. I mean, the Bible says the kingdom of God consists of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when people are smiling and they're having this joy that for no reason, that's the Holy Spirit enhancing their emotions. That's what's happening. That's a supernatural joy. Speaking in tongues, that's biblical. We just saw that in the book of Acts. So that makes perfect sense. Sometimes people might prophesy. They might worship. They might feel warmth. You know, he says goosebumps. So the way our body responds to the supernatural, um, it, it can do stuff like that. There's an empowering that happens when the Holy Spirit comes on that. So that's consistent with, with Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes on the people of God, there tends to usually be some sort of manifestation, be it emotional or be it tongues, whatever, or a greater peace. I've seen that too. And um, there tends to be a, a, a greater empowering to live out the Christian life in victory as well. It's not a one-time thing. Okay? In Acts 4.31, we see the early disciples, they're, they're you know, pretty new in the Holy Spirit now, but they're, they're starting to witness of who Jesus is out in the marketplace, and they're coming back together. We'll just jump to that, that verse. 
431, it says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. Okay, there's an interesting manifestation of God responding to somebody's prayers, isn't it? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Okay, they were filled again. They were empowered again with the same Holy Spirit. Right? There's a greater release. And, and what, what is the fruit of that? They spoke the word of God with boldness. Okay, so again we see being filled with the Holy Spirit brings a supernatural boldness to believers. How does the Holy Spirit minister to us? The Bible refers to him as a comforter. He helps us. He ministers to our heart. When Paul had us pray for one another, I definitely felt the comfort of the Lord. I mean, I was receiving comfort from Dan, but beyond that, I, I was receiving... God ministering to my heart, and I shed some tears because I felt like he, he was being tender and he was caring about my suffering. Okay, He is comforting me, the comforter. The Holy Spirit witnesses to our sonship. That is in Romans 8.15. The Holy Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And it's also in, in 16. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings revelation to us as God's children. There's a confirmation. There's a witness to our spirits that this is real. And I feel like a son. I feel like a daughter. And I respond to God as though he's my dad. Because he is my dad. Okay, that's one of the Holy Spirit's role in the Christian's life is to confirm our place in the family of God. In Romans 5.5, 5, it says that the Holy Spirit releases God's love to us, right? We're not talking intellectual, theoretical. We're talking real emotional experience of somebody who's real, who's imparting love to us in a real way that brings transformation and emotional fulfillment. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I'll ask God. I'll ask God to release his love into my heart through the Holy Spirit. And there, there are times where I've profoundly felt God's love in a way that's really ministered to me, that's really brought healing to my heart that is supernatural. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us. You know that every day you can be guided by the third person of the Trinity? You can be led by the Holy Spirit. Does the Bible say that? Yes, it does say that. Romans 8.14 talks about it. Galatians 5.16. And we'll just jump to one of those. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Okay, and I think somebody might be sharing a message soon. What does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit? How are we led by the Holy Spirit? How does he lead us? I know, Paul, you share a message on the God who guides, and I imagine that talks a lot about this. So either way, it's going to come out. We're going to focus on that for 
a message. Do you know what the Holy Spirit actually prays on our behalf? He intercedes for us. You know, Jesus does that too. He intercedes to the Father. He talks about that in Romans. That is another role of the Holy Spirit. So he's lifting up prayers to the Father on our behalf. We don't know what to pray for sometimes, but the Holy Spirit does because he prays according to the Father's will. And when he speaks words of revelation to us, it's not by his own leading. He's actually led by the Father in this. And there are other verses that suggest that he's also led by the Son in this. We see gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit. Who's been growing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Could you say that? You're, you know, Charlie gave a testimony today about overcoming some things and f- figuring just what God has called him to. In Galatians 22 and 23, it says, The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's not the fruit of Paul Anderson or Bob Newman or Dan Thorson. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we're yielding to the Holy Spirit, he empowers us, right? He doesn't just empower us to speak the gospel. He doesn't just empower us to do supernatural things. He empowers our character and he empowers our emotions to walk in this supernatural love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, et cetera, et cetera. So if I am weak in any of these areas, is anybody weak in some of these areas? Okay, so let, maybe we can just do a corporate prayer right now. Father God, we just thank you that you are gracious and merciful, that you give good things to us. We thank you for the fruit of your Holy Spirit. God, we ask that you would release an impartation of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control into our hearts. In Jesus' name. Did anybody feel a, a, a deep peace come into the room when I prayed that? Okay, I see some people raising their hands. Okay, that's another manifestation of the Holy Spirit. When he's there, peace is there with him, right? The Holy Spirit enhances our emotional lives. I go through my share of hardship, but in the midst of it, I tend to have a lot of joy. And it's not based on circumstances. It's based on who God is for me, right? I'm struggling with different things in my life. I'm struggling with pretty intense sickness stuff and all that. But I'm smiling, right? Because I'm looking beyond circumstances. I'm looking to who God is. I'm looking to his promises. He is faithful. And uh, I don't have to be defeated, right? No matter what I'm dealing with, I don't have to live in defeat. I can live in victory. Part of our victory is not just circumstantial. It's really our attitude, right? Are we walking by faith? Are we walking in doubt? Lord, give us the grace to walk by faith in him and his promises, no matter what we're challenged with. Holy Spirit, he equips us for ministry. There are passages in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, and Romans 12, 6 to 8. The, the majority of the, the gifts are there. All the gifts are empowered by one and the self-same Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. 
Some of these gifts are miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administration, tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, discernment of spirits, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, teaching, encouragement, mercy, leadership. Okay, abilities that look natural, some that are supernatural, they're all given by the one Holy Spirit for the strengthening and edifying the building up of the church, but also to witness to the lost and to witness of who Jesus is. How many people walk in some sort of gift that they're aware of of the Holy Spirit? Do we have people that are, are doing that? So we have some people that are doing that. Why does God give us these gifts? Any other thoughts on that? Okay. Build a body. Bring the kingdom baby. Okay, that's very true. Very true. Ah, I like that. To express his love. Okay. First Peter 4.10 says that we are to serve one another with our spiritual gifts. So you see some people, they walk in strong prophetic gifts. They're strong this or that. Or they're casting out demons. And sometimes you see a little puffed upness there. You see a little pride. Like, uh, look at what I'm doing. Even some evangelists can be that way. I'm this great guy because I have these gifts. That's not the right way to use gifts, right? We, we, can have, we can have supernatural gifts, but we can have a wrong relationship with them. We can try and find our identity in these gifts, right? We're supposed to find our identity in our love relationship with Jesus and our love relationship with one another also, unconditionally. If we're looking to gifts to find identity and value, we got a problem, Right? So, Lord, if any of us, I've, I've been in this place before, if any of us are looking to the supernatural or gifts to try and exalt ourselves, to be something, um, to, to prove our worth, we repent of that, we renounce that. Yeah. Lord, we renounce the lie that our value is based upon what we do. We declare the truth, our value is based upon who we are as your children. Yeah. And we just forgive anyone who's hurt us by operating in their office or the supernatural gifts in a way that wasn't loving, that was prideful, that was selfish, and that brought us pain. Mm -hmm. Just bring healing to us, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Gifts of the Holy Spirit can be released through prophecy and a Christian's laying on of hands. We see this in 1 Timothy 4, 14 through 16, and we can jump there. Oh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. If anybody's there, just read it loud for us. Okay, thank you. So the main points are, hands were laid on Timothy, a gift was imparted, there was a prophetic declaration of this gift, and Paul encourages Timothy, you know, another, elsewhere it says, fan into flame, the, the gifts that God has given you. So not only do we receive gifts, not only can we pray for people and, and lay hands, and as God's grace allows this, we can't just do it on our own will. We have to be 
led by the Holy Spirit to do this, but we can actually be vessels of grace whereby the Holy Spirit is imparting spiritual gifts to people in the body of Christ. And we can grow in our giftings, right? I've grown in my tongues. I've grown in my prophecy. I've, I've grown in different things. And as we exercise these things, as we put into practice these things, we tend to get better at them, right? Has anybody noticed that? They've seen themselves grow in their spiritual gifts that God has given them. Okay, we see some, some people that, that say yes to that. We, we're going to have a time in a few weeks too where we break up into groups and we do some of the stuff with each other because everybody in the body of Christ, they are given gifts whether they know it or not. And the church should be a place where we can practice these things, we can grow in them, and even if we make mistakes, if we're not perfect, because the reality is we are human beings and, and unless you hear the audible voice of God, you're probably going to be a little bit off in certain ways when, we, when we're doing this. So we need to test these gifts. We need to test prophecy. Um, but at the same time, we need to step out in faith and make this happen. Paul says to the Ephesian church in, in Ephesians 5.18, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, these are believers. The verb there, filled, the tense is a continual process. It's a continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? When we were worshiping this morning, you know, especially the last hymn that Paul had us sing regarding the Holy Spirit, I felt empowered by the Holy Spirit, okay? I felt an empowering come upon me. And I think part of that empowering was so I could preach this message, Right? There is a greater life of God in me to do what he's called me to do. Right? So going back to the idea of why does God continually fill us with the Holy Spirit is so we can release the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill our call in a way that is truly going to have impact and truly going to have fruit. And um, what I would like us to do, if, if it's okay, if you're comfortable with this, is just to, we're going to stand up and we're going to, Ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Does that sound okay to people? Okay. Maybe Paul might have a, a song for us as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and empower us.
So now what I'd like you to do is just put your hand on your neighbor if they're comfortable with that. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to equip us, to empower us, to minister to us. And I'm going to lead us in a corporate prayer. And then I would just like, like everybody to try and listen to the Holy Spirit and just pray. Just pray in faith for God to release his spirit on your neighbor. And there might even be gifts that the Lord feels will lead you to up to pray to ask for those gifts to be either strengthened or to be released for the first time into your neighbor's life so father we thank you that you give us good gifts to those who ask if our earthly fathers give us good things how much more will our heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask god we thank you that you are loving that you only give us good things we thank you that you give us of your Holy Spirit, that you empower us supernaturally. And God, we ask for those who want to be filled with your Spirit this morning, yes. Yes. to be filled yes. with your Spirit. And we ask for joy and love and peace yes. to be made manifest as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, for those who want to speak in tongues. Lord, we ask for that grace to be able to speak in tongues. God, we ask for faith to be released, to believe that these things that you promise us in the Bible are true and they're for us and they're good. We don't have to be afraid of them, Father. We don't have to be afraid of the supernatural. I just feel it. Can we? You want to lead us in another song, and I just just stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit and believe He'll continue to release to people. Yeah. Holy Spirit, Spirit, rain. 
Holy Spirit rain down, rain down. Let your power fall, let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, rain down. Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, let your glory come, God. Come Holy Spirit, we invite your presence, Lord. Come among us, Holy Spirit, abide with us, God. Let your glory come, let your glory come, oh.
not by might, not by power. Do the gifts of the Spirit come or does the fruit of the Spirit be developed in our life but by the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, come. Come into our need. Come into our weakness. Come into our struggles. Come into our embarrassment. Come and empower us. Clothe us with power from on high. Allow us to walk into new places of power and influence and of holiness and of effectiveness. If somebody has a word, Bob. Does anybody feel the Holy Spirit has given you something to share with the group? Please feel free to share. Did God touch anybody in a special way when we prayed for the release of the Holy Spirit? Anybody want to testify as to how the Holy Spirit ministered to them? Good for some people to be available afterwards, Bob. Just yeah. to be up here, up here, you're here. Others, if people want to receive certain things, want to be open to speaking in a language they've never learned, or if they have other desires, mm -hmm. you open the door for us here. So we're just open for okay. the Holy Spirit to come. We're we're going to officially close the meeting, but we'll have altar ministry. After So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.